Coming up this week, off screen. We meet early man. Matt Damon sets about downsizing. The Maze Runner searches for the death cure. Chris Hemsworth is 12 strong. And Richard Linklater sets the last flag flying. All those to come and more, off screen. This is... This is off screen. Off screen. Latest film news and reviews. This is Off Screen, the on screen radio show. Ooh, welcome to Off Screen. I'm Van Connor. I am Case Allen. Welcome back, Mr. Allen. Thanks for indulging Hi. me last week. I was at the funeral. I apologise. Uh, so, uh, before the news, before the reviews, for the competitions, plugs, podcasts, everything we cram into this show and more, we've got some golden statues to talk about, haven't we? So, the Razzie nominations. Yes, the Razzie. That's the important thing. Yeah. No, I always a... really look forward to the Razzies, almost as much as the Oscars. Do you know, that's gotten some, the Razzies have gotten some flack this year. They really have. Yeah, like, who doubt snobbery, how dare they, blah de blah Yeah, like, don't. Yeah. No. That's not the point of the yeah. Razzies. You know. Like, the Razzies, you just poke fun at everyone. No one expects honest trailers to be taken seriously as trailers. It's exactly. a bit of fun. Yeah. Get on board, you snobs. Mm. You know. I think it's amazing that a performance everyone, well, a lot of people early on sat and seen thought was going to be nominated for Best Actress. Uh, the Oscars nominated for be- uh, nominated for the worst actress of the Razzies. Um, to whom are you referring? Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, of course, for, uh, for Mother. <laughs> mother! <laughs> Tiny M! Exclamation point. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, we had the Oscars. Uh, just as I was going into Last Flag Flying yesterday, they were announcing them just as that screening was starting. Yes, I, so, uh, I, I was watching the live stream. Were you watching? Was it... Uh, who was it? It was, it was Andy Serkis and, and uh, Tiffany, Tiffany, Tiffany Haddish. Haddish? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. From Girl Strip, which I watched the other day. Did you enjoy? It's all right. I didn't really make it past the first half hour. I'm going to be honest. It's yeah. I think it's it's worth sticking to. It was it was one of those where I wasn't in the mood. Like it wasn't that I hate the film or anything. It just wasn't in the mood. Yeah. And, maybe go back uh, and watch it sometime. I'll try. There are some quite funny bits. I've seen all of Rough Nights. So I kind of owe oh, Gills Trip one. I think. Oh, it's ten times better. Yeah, it's not difficult though, is it? So yeah, yeah the Oscars then. So uh, so yeah, they they announced uh, who was going to be uh, nominated this year. Um, they did this really interesting thing where for the technical awards or the, or the craft awards as they, they keep <laughs> yeah. referring to it as and um, we have these like small 25 second 30 long second like like video vignette things to like, oh, okay. introduce them so yeah, didn't know that. yeah for like the production design one it was uh, Gal Gadot um, and she was sat in a room and there was a bunch of people like moving furniture around and then she was in a completely different room excellent and then for another one for uh, best animation it was Robert Wilson and she's in like a 50s diner kind of setting and everything just like comes to life as like dancing cartoon musical notes and that's amazing it's very cool it's uh it's all on their youtube page i'll have to look that up that actually sounds really cool watch it we can can watch it later on that we shall we shall that sounds really cool Um, but of course there were big winners in terms of the nominations uh heavy hitters and there were uh complete snubs as well there were some snubs there were some surprises Mm. um we'll discuss one yes i think think i'm annoyed about that uh, I know which one it is. I actually <laughs> yeah. know in advance. We've not even talked about it. And I know in advance which one you're going to be spitting feathers at when we yeah. get to the podcast extras. I was, uh, but 
I mean, the the person I blame, like a lot of people have blamed him for things, and rightly so, and we'll get into that. We'll get into that. So, yeah, yeah, let's let's just talk about the Best Picture nominees and director, and I feel Mm -hmm. like everything else we'll do later. Everything else is gravy, we'll get to that, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Best Picture, there are nine nominees. Interesting number, actually, as well. I think there was nine last year. Mm, Because they're allowed up to ten, aren't they? are allowed up to... We can have anywhere between five and ten. Yeah. Um, They say that... Well, they didn't say this, but it's it's pretty much assumed that they did this because of when the Dark Knight wasn't nominated. <laughs> yeah, <no>. So <laughs> the year after when Dark Knight came out, they're like, oh, we can have ten films now. Did the Dark Knight get overlooked for the blind side? Is that not how it historically it went down? Like something that, like that, yeah. yeah. Which is a bit silly. Um, but yeah, the, the nine... Um, uh, so we got uh, Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk... Fair enough. Get Out. Yes, we'll talk about that yep. later. Ladybird, we'll talk about that later. I've not seen it. You have, but okay. Uh, Phantom Fred, not seen. I've Phantom seen it next Fred week. Has got way more than I think anyone was really predicting, including director. Yeah, I'm seeing it on Monday. I think I am looking forward to it. So we shall um, see on that. One. Apparently, there's uh, there's been a, a meme, as we could say, come out of it uh, uh, regarding uh, Daniel Day Lewis's uh, breakfast order. Yeah, his character orders something for breakfast, and apparently oh. the way that he says it and his order is incredible. I look forward to this. It's just it's all been on Twitter. Oh, I hate um, that when there's memes about something you haven't seen. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah. I want to be part of it. <laughs> I want to be part of this cultural yeah. engagement. Sorry, please continue. Sorry, and uh, so yeah, uh, Phantom Thread, uh, The Post, ah, which has only got two nominations because it's not that good. Meryl's uh, yeah. there. Meryl's there. Yeah, uh, Shape of Water. Naturally, like I said, he's got thirteen and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which I hope wins. But uh, that's just me personally. I I would be fine with it winning because I really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't want it to win. I'd rather get out one. <laughs> well, yeah, no, um, I, I I don't want it to win because I feel like every time I go onto the playlist or just any kind of like film Twitter site, yeah. it's going to be like loads of think pieces by. Oh god, yeah. Why three billboards shouldn't have won? And just it's, I, well, I don't need that. It's got it's getting a lot of hate anyway. Three billboards. It really has. It's a very weird backlash. Yeah, for it, yeah. There's a backlash against Sam Rockwell, and I'm just like, what is wrong with you people? Yeah, yeah. Just, Appreciate how artistry works. The kind of people that have been ranting for like 20 years why he's never been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, I know, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> Funny how that works, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, yeah, moving on to uh, uh, Best Director, uh, Christopher Nolan. Nominated for the first time. I'm so happy director. about this. I can't believe this. His first nomination. It's mad, isn't it? really it's is. crazy. Uh, uh, Greta Gerwig. Well, I think everyone's happy about that because, hey, woman, again, again, same thing. Greta Gerwig, Jordan Peele, yeah, a woman and a black man have been nominated for the director Oscar. That is astounding. Yeah, but Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, Phantom Fred. Not seen it. It was edging out Martin Madonna. Yes, yeah. I wonder about that because Oscars always do that. They always match up with like four of the DJs, but not the full five. Is it going to be like when we had Argo again? And it won. Because Argo won Best Picture, but not Best Director, didn't it? It wasn't nominated for Best Director. That was it. Yeah, so it wasn't nominated for Best Director, but it won Best Picture. Yeah. Thinking. So GDT might get Director. Mm. So yeah, uh, Guillermo Dotto is the last one. I logged my Bet365 account the other day in preparation. I've not placed my bets yet. I wanted to talk to you before I did because you have an uncanny knack of predicting the outcome of the Oscars, and I would be a fool to ignore you. Well, I usually am. Um, 
when it's not the year when Kevin Spacey gets found out for yeah. being this, which means that Christopher Plummer replaces him, meaning that Christopher Plummer gets a sporting <laughs> no. actor ergo edging out Army Hammer. But I know, I know, it's so weird, isn't it? Whatever, but. it's fine. But but yeah, talk to me. I'll we'll we'll, we'll I'll, talk I'll more in the podcast extras then. Yeah. In the meanwhile, we need to plug the podcast uh, itself and competitions real quick. Uh, download the podcast edition, Acast, iTunes, uh, Deezer, tune in whatever podcast platform you like. Odds are we're probably on there. Mm-hmm. So just download the free off-screen podcast. There's more after the credits and a bit of Nicholas Cage because we do like to treat you for the privilege. In the meanwhile, go on to onscreenfilm.com, go in the competition section, and you can win all sorts of hoopla. We've got DVDs, Swag. Blu-rays, Wind River, 7852, all sorts in there to be won. So go on and do that. And in the meanwhile, we probably better get to our first review real quick because we're pushing time already. Yeah. What and is our first one? We are doing Last Flag Flying, sir. I've seen this. You have. This you saw film. this before me. Yeah, I did. So Last Flag Flying, which uh, is directed, written and directed by Linglater. Uh, I, I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. And it, uh, it stars uh, Steve Carell, it stars Brian Cranston, it stars Sir Lawrence of the Fishburns. Um, Larry the Fish. Like Larry the Fish, yeah. And they are three Vietnam veterans who, and this is all set against the backdrop of the capture of Saddam Hussein. Mm. Strange, because yeah. it is a period piece, it's but a period not piece, quite. period piece, but not that Recent. far away. Recent yeah. period piece. Set against, so in, that's, in the background we have the capture of Saddam Hussein going on, all the news monitors in the background. Uh, they are three Vietnam veterans who reunite... Uh, to bury the son of the, who was also a Marine of, you know, Steve Carell's character. Mm. And it's, it's kind of like playing strains and automobiles in a weird way with a dead body. They have, they're tra- transporting him back to Steve Carell's hometown in order to bury the son. Mm. Uh, we have a clip of a dinner between Lawrence Fishburne and, uh, Brian Cranston, Steve Carell. I'm glad to see you prevailing over your hardships, Doc. Oh, I do my best. You at least seem to have turned out to be a decent man. I'll try to be. So do I. Me too. I, uh... I regret any role I played in all that foolishness that happened back in Vietnam. It's okay. What the hell happened to Mueller the Mauler? Huh? I mean... (laughs) What, you put him in the witness protection program? Brian Cranston there, giving it some sass, and he does a lot of that in this movie. And uh, I mean, we're both big fans of, of all three, I think, in, in this Yeah, in this I, case. I, I think we work really well together. They do, and I think they are the strength of the film. Uh, they are absolutely. I think they, they really do bring mm. that Linklater sort of style into sort of a bit more jovial a life in one sense than I think we're used to. I don't know. He, he's done quite a number of like jovial films, even with mm. some dramas and stuff, but I don't think you're expected for this film. No, you really don't. And I, I thought this was... I, I thought this was just be Deer Hunter. I really, I thought it was going to be more of a straight drama. <laughs> I really did. I thought I thought it would go quite yeah, dark. Yeah, but you, you get the sense that they are like three friends that haven't seen each other for years, so reconnecting. Very much. They do quite clearly seem to have genuine chemistry. The three of them. Yeah. I think uh, Steve Carell downplays it quite nicely. I think because he's quite a, a subdued character, quite a uh, quite a meek. Yeah, they're, well, they're three very like distinct personalities, mm. aren't they? Love Fishburne, love Cranston. Yes, uh, there is a scene of the two of them in the cab of a van talking about Eminem. That yeah, just had me howling with laughter. Yeah, yeah, all of that kind of stuff when it's showing that they're now like three guys who are a little bit out of time. Well, especially yeah. 
Lawrence Fishburne and Cranston. And there's a mobile um, phone scene, things like this. Where we all go to yeah. get like a mobile phone each, so we can call <laughs> each other, and it's very sweet. I'm calling you on my mobile telephone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved it. So just that scene in particular, because they're quite, mm. well, especially Cranston, he's got that like veneer of being quite like hard boiled. Yes. But then he's the one that's insistent, let's go get phones yeah. so he can be in touch with them. I, I, and is, it's it's a strange way of doing touching yeah. without actually having to come out and say it. And I, I, I really like that, but it's very, mm. a very new and layered film but at the same time it's not afraid to be out and out laugh out loud funny yeah there are some really hilarious bits oh god yeah there's some very moving bits as well oh definitely but um yeah it's quite tight no I did like it I think um I I, I don't think anyone's really ever going to dislike this I think it's I think it's kind of an all round kind of a pleaser I don't think obviously you don't show it to kids but you could um, like watch it with your dad or yeah you could watch it with your dad you could watch it with your granddad you could watch it with your partner everyone I think will will kind of take something away from this Mm. it is very enjoyable and I think it's enjoyable because of the three of them yeah but anything you want to add on it? Anything else that you enjoyed that I missed? No, it was... Um, yeah, I pretty much agree with all those points. Um, <laughs> I think there's there's a few things that get set up early on and you don't think that they're going to have much of an impact when it gets to the payoff right at the end. Very true. And they, it really does. Yes, it's quite <laughs> yeah. clever about that, actually. Yeah, there's, like, there's, like this thing uh, that happens right at the end and it's like, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, fair play. That was, that was well <laughs> they, done. They would yeah. like to do that. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I think everyone should see it. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Off Screen, the on-screen radio show. <laughs> and we're back, Mr. Allen. So, um, shall we go from Vietnam to Afghanistan? That seems quite logical. Well, this is a weird thing, because they did press screen 12 strong, and then last flag flying, back-to-back. So, oh. And they were the only two... Oh, there was an art film sort of in the afternoon that I, I skipped for time reasons, mm. but uh, it was it was a very fitting double bill in one mm. sense. Uh, so 12 strong, which is from the Jerry Bruckheimer School of uh, of Producing. It is directed... Uh, first-time director Nikolai uh, Fulsik? Uh, Fulsi, Fulsi, sorry. Mm. It's one of those where he's got like a Norwegian name. It's spelled Fugel. Siegel, I think. Right. But Nikolai Fulsi. Um, and this is the recently declassified true story of the horse soldiers, the first unit who went into Afghanistan after 9-11. These were the dudes who rocked, as the poster tells us, you know, on 9-11, on September 11th, the world changed. On September 12th, they enlisted. Mm. And that's pretty much the plot. So Chris Hemsworth leads a team that includes Mickey Penns, uh, includes uh, Mickey Shan. Yeah, Crazy Eye Shannon. Crazy Eye Shannon. And uh, uh, Jeff uh, Stoltz. Paul Ponsash is there, isn't he? Uh, no, no, he isn't. There's a guy who looks a lot like him. Oh, There's right. Thad Luckin' Bill, who looks a lot like him as well. Ponsash is in uh, Den of Thieves. Uh, he's in that. Yeah. He was also in 13 Hours, which was this movie oh, last yeah. year. Yes, it was. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's kind of... We'll get to that in the criticism part of this. They, 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 yeah, they go <laughs> <Spoiler>. to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. They go to Afghanistan, um, and they are assigned to take down the head of of Al Qaeda. Mm. Um, the way this works is they will team up with a local insurgent uh, general and basically work their way through a number of uh, sort of occupied towns all the way up to uh, I think it's Mahare Sharif. I think is the name of the place um, <laughs> where they will finally take him on. And it, it's it's weird because he's running in the same his he and his his forces are running in the same direction. So they're basically chasing him across Afghanistan, taking out his targets along the way. And of course, the only way as the uh, you know the fact that it's called the declassified story of the horse soldiers will tell you um the only way to do it is on horseback which none of them know quite how to ride um we have a clip of chris hemsworth the day after 9-11 going into the office for the first time 
Why are you here? Out of uniform with that fur on your face? Didn't you get back from Kuwait like three weeks ago? Sir, apologies. Technically, I'm still on leave. Well, if you're here today, leave is over. Take a look around, Captain. We're a little busy. What do you want? I'm back on my team, sir. You don't have a team. You've been rotated to my staff. At your request, by the way. All right? They'll be filtered into new ODAs when the opportunities arise. If I were you, I'd get back to your desk and start studying intel on Afghanistan. Taliban sponsored the attack, sir? Al-Qaeda planned this attack. They have refuge in Afghanistan. The Middle East is our assigned region, sir. Really? I didn't know that. Here's the thing, though. You don't have a region because you don't have a team. So get back to your desk and let me do my job. Funny story about this one. I saw this uh, with a friend of mine. I only run into at military movies. A friend of mine named Cassidy, and he he's the film critic for Forces TV. And uh, well, he and he he was a medic in Afghanistan. He lost a leg there, and uh, he he was. T- we were talking afterwards, and he said the funny thing about that is I didn't know the story, but if even twenty percent of that is the actual story, then it's a hell of a tale. Mm. And I kind of have to agree with him. The film is boilerplate early January war drama. It is Lone Survivor slash 13 Hours slash... It's every one of these sort of Peter Berg kind of era movies. It's what you expect. Totally. Yeah. It's not going to surprise you in any sense, but the story is actually really good. It's really interesting. It's really gripping. Um, okay, it's a bit baggy in the in the sort of, you know, in, in the back end. And Chris Hemsworth, you describe in this... You know, when he when he tries to go all Hollywood and do the Hollywood role... Rather than, you know, Thor, which is a very specific character that we know him mm. for, or comedies where he gets to really cut loose. When he tries for action hero chops and he tries to do things like Black Hat or this, what he struggles. He like, does a bit. Ones I've seen him, but ones where it's clearly a vehicle where, yeah. let's just get a Thor. Like, Snow yeah. White Huntsman or. We've got Thor on a poster, it'll sell. Yeah. Yeah. And you do feel coming away from this, this is like 2003 Heath Ledger. Mm. is the best comparison point I can think of. And I, I've, I've had friends of mine notably have the same problem where they have confused the two when they were writing reviews of this. Um, it is very much 2002, 2003, Heath Ledger. You know, before he really found his niche and then became... It's like a like a Ned Kelly. Uh, yeah, 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 Ned Kelly era, Patriot kind of time. Yeah. Yeah, very much mm. that kind of Heath Ledger. And the fact that they're both Australians is kind of coincidental, but also really fitting. Um Having said that, it does work. The role is something of kind of a blank canvas anyway, so it sort of works. You do get that thing towards the end where they put the picture up of the actual guys, and they all look like pretty regular guys. In like, <laughs> someone, someone looked <laughs> out. You wish you were Hemsworth. Yeah. <laughs> you looked out, mate, getting Hemsworth to play you. I mean, this yeah. is this is the dude from Scorpion level look. I always think about that when I rewatch uh, uh, Social Network. Yeah, and I think like. Eduardo Savin does not look like oh, Andrew Garfield. Oh, the Winklefy, the Winklefy really looked out, didn't they? Yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is the same thing. I mean, you've got a, a cast of really unique-looking, sort of, you know, masculine figure stars in mm. here. Michael Shannon, uh, 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 Travante Rhodes as well, who has perfected... He's great. He has perfected that raised top lip, 50-cent mm. stare-down thing. <laughs> um, they are all great in their own little ways, but the film doesn't require them to be. The film is enjoyable. The writing is... It's that level of bravado and amusing. And there are moments of genuine depth to it, like when they're flying in for the first time and they're all trying to cover up... that. You can tell that they're trying to cover up the fact they're all terrified just by being, you know... You know, bunch of boys, you know, and it's bunch it, of lads. Yeah, it, and it does work. And the say the story because you won't know the tale is quite engaging. Um, I did come away from it and think, okay, it's no Black Hawk Down, but you know what is. And that's kind of a benchmark for all these things now. Um, but yeah, it's a Jerry Bruckheimer war film. And 
I'm, I'm never gonna, never gonna dislike that because Jerry Bruckheimer knows how to produce a war film. Nikolai Fulsi is a damn fine director, apparently photojournalist. This is, and it does show because there's a lot of very intense, very emotionally drawing visuals in there. Mm. Um, there is a shot, for instance, of these men on horseback riding across the screen in one direction while missiles fly over them overhead <laughs> in the other opposite direction. You're like, this whole film was clearly building to this yeah. shot right it's built here. Around that, <laughs> clearly, yeah, it, it's it's like the head is in his mouth moment from Darkest Hour. The whole script was written around that moment. This whole film was concocted around this moment. Um, I enjoyed it, but I don't think it's going to. It's not going to challenge you. It's nothing you haven't seen before. Hmm. But in that same way that only the brave worked. Yeah, I've, I've still not seen another brave. I think I'd enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you absolutely will. It's not going to, you know, challenge your sensibilities, and it's not going to give you anything new. But it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable on a comfort food level, and this has very much that sort of lone survivor thirteen hours kind of black hole. If you had to compare it to one food, what would it be? If I had to compare it to one food, yeah. mac and cheese. Nice. Mac and cheese with a lot of breadcrumbs on top, just for a bit of gristle. Bit of gristle. A bit of yeah. gristle. Some like bacon bits as well. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Bacon yeah, bits. Bacon bits. Bit salty bacon bits. Bacon bits and maybe some chopped jalapenos. You're really describing this movie well for someone who hasn't seen I'm not, it. I'm, yeah, just, I'm not, not even <laughs> seen it. I just, I've seen a poster and I know my food. I know my mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the kind of mac and cheese that would be, I can tell now. Yeah, it does work. Um, yeah, I very much enjoyed it. And I thought, actually, it was a pretty good role for Michael Pena, actually. Mm. To say it was one where he wasn't a lead. He was he's kind of just one of a, a very evenly distributed ensemble. I thought he got some some nice scenes in there, I thought, as well. But uh, So, have you got a piece of film news for me real quick? Uh, I have. Uh, John Cena is apparently in talks to be Duke Nukem. <laughs> Which fills me with joy. So much joy. It fills me with so much joy as well. <laughs> it could be directed by Michael Bay. Uh, produced. Produced. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a Platinum Dunes joint. Uh, ah. Fair so, I, I don't know. I believe it when I, I see I it. I don't know about that. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I can't think of any... If, if you are going to do that, I don't think of anyone that's better. I don't, I, think anyone I don't because I... Yeah, I think The Rock's kind of a bit too high profile for it. I think it needs someone slightly shock, schlockier, but Cena could absolutely do it, and I think he'd do it well. Well, he's, he's not really had a vehicle just for him. He's no. just been really great in, like, comedic supporting I, roles. I, I would love a Duke Nukem movie so much. Yeah. I've been playing Duke Nukem since 1990. I think um, even yeah. even if it's, like... A so bad it's good kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it's Doom level, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I want is a new Demolition Man. That's, <laughs> that's what I really want. I just want peroxide blonde John Cena, sunglasses, sunglasses tank top, yeah. kicking giant down, gun. Yeah, kicking down doors, the giant gun, saying "Hail to the King, baby." Yeah, I mean. I'm totally that's, that's, that's in. While, while shooting floating aliens. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, from one extreme to the other, let's talk Ardman, shall we? Yes. So, Early Man, uh, which is latest from, from Ardman Pictures, so it has the, the distinct visual style. Yeah, I love Ardman. Uh, yeah, you will. I always love Ardman. This is, this is very distinctly Ardman as well. This is one of those that only they could pull this story off. <laughs> it is the story of the end of the Stone Age and the beginning of the Bronze Age. You have the Stone Age cavemen who are usurped by the arrival of the Bronze Age Age, mm. more civilized society who take their home from them, exile them, and then the Stone Age uh, uh, sort of exiles, led by Doug, our main hero, voiced by Eddie Redmayne. Um, ready, ready, Edmayne. ready, Edmayne, uh, decide they're going to get back into their kingdom by challenging them to. I tell you what, there's a clip. I'll play you a clip, and that'll set it up uh, rather nicely. We challenge the champions. Huh? What did you say? He said. The- we heard what he said. 
If we win, we keep our valley. You leave my tribe in peace. Mm. You think you can beat us at football? <laughs> yes, so there you have it. Against all odds, the studio that brought us The Great Escape with chickens has <laughs> now gone has now gone and done 10,000 years BC. Oh, it was a million years BC, whatever it was. Um meets the longest yard. And really? yeah, who'd have thought? I didn't know this before I saw it. Uh, that's the really funny. Well, but it's like a sports comedy as well. Didn't know it was a sports comedy at all. So just thought it was a. I a think they were comedy. they were quite cagey about that up until maybe the last trailer, yeah. or maybe the last two trailers. They didn't really put the whole sports element in there. That's the thing, though, because I'm not I'm not a football guy. I mean, you know, I have my sports. Football is not one of them. I mean, ice hockey movie, basketball movie, NFL movie. I'm 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 an easy lay for those. Yeah, but a football movie very rarely does it for me. Although I do have a soft spot for Vinnie Jones's Mean Machine. There's not many curling films, in my opinion. Men with brooms is a good one yeah men with brooms is a good one and stars paul I, gross i i prefer the sequel <laughs> man with two brooms <laughs> one of those was real anyway <laughs> um the thing is i uh, I, I, I thought this was really actually exceptionally well written for what it was the level of humor that's gone into it is vintage ardman and as such there's a lot of football specific humor in there <laughs> but it's broad enough football specific humor that you do actually find that even if you're not a football fan still you, like it anyway. you you get every reference and you get those jokes you get references they think it's all over and it is now and you get things like an offhand reference to you know motty and, and and gary lineker and things like that. these little and you know yeah. anachronistic there's, things there's one line in the trailer that cracked me up Go when on, he says like like they've, they've captured him mm. and and the the chief guy says uh take him away and torture him slowly and then they like think, walk away from really slowly yeah. <laughs> there's a lot like that i was quite impressed as well when i got to the very end because i couldn't I, there were a lot of voices in there that seemed familiar and you get to the end and they actually do put the names up next to the characters and you like wow yeah, cast is really good it's like it's richard really iowandi rob bryden uh uh Maisie williams <laughs> mark williams uh kyvan novak yes johnny vegas in D- I, I caught johnny vegas johnny vegas's character name is amazing what is it uh it's called asbo <laughs> <laughs> it is very funny and i do think uh, i do think it has it has all-round appeal in that way that ardman you know a second only really to pixar and Leica for um it's not quite a wallace and gromit level adventure it's it's certainly not chicken run if i were to compare it to any other ardman uh, film on this on the quality spectrum flushed away all right yeah i'd okay. say flushed away it, it's up there flushed away is a movie have you ever watched uh, pirates in an adventure with scientists i loved that film i do i absolutely yeah but that to me is chicken run quality yeah, yeah i think that's well. that's upper echelon that film is incredible i mean i don't think wallace and gromit case of loaf and death oh where rabbit i don't think that's yeah, as good the, as pirates no, or chicken no, run. no i don't but uh you know they call me pirate captain you may call me pirate captain <laughs> uh but no so uh, definitely see this uh the kids will love it uh the dads will have a chuckle and the granddads will like it too it's one that i think is genuine fun for the entire family with the latest film news and reviews this is off screen the on-screen radio show and we're back, Mr. Allen. So, uh, where should we go next? To the UK box office top five. Number five. To Manji, welcome to the sequel. Which is an excellent title and should absolutely have been used. <laughs> um, this is 
proving to be a real long, a real bit of longevity for uh, for Sony, isn't it? Yeah, it's got legs, isn't it? Seriously, right. I mean, it's got big, <laughs> chunky, muscular Dwayne Johnson legs on there. Yeah, giant tree trunk legs. Oh yeah. Have and you watched um, um, what's it called uh, Big Mouth on Netflix? Yeah, only the first episode. Oh, I, I will watch the rest. There's another episode with uh, the Rock in it. I need to show you. Really? Yeah. I oh. mean, it's, it's not the actual Rock, but like he is. He's a character in yeah. it. Kind of like, oh, I'll, I'll have a look at that. I do. I do want to carry on watching it. It's great, but uh, hasn't got Jenny Slate in it. Yes. You have my money, sir. Yes. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Tumanji. I know you did as well. Me too, but um, it's definitely going to be a sequel, even though they've not announced it yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's absolutely positively going to be a sequel to this one. Yeah, I think they're going to wait until it's come out of theatres to announce. Oh, yeah, I think, I think they'll, let, they'll let the hype just fade slightly. They'll let the yeah. deck clear a little and bit. I can imagine like the contract negotiations are going to take a while. <laughs> We've got to wait six years just for The Rock. <laughs> You know, it's six years for the rock. Four I've years got for forty-five Hart. films to make yeah. in the next five years. I'm, I think it's six for Dwayne, four for Kevin Hart, about two weeks for Jack Black. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to pace these things. out. You got to yeah. wait for these guys. Have uh, we got a tweet from? Uh, yes, um, at very underscore O. Okay, says, very um, O. <laughs> very O. Very o. Treo. Treo. Um, oh, Treo. Treo. <laughs> <laughs> We love this. Uh, Jumanji is the funniest movie ever. Capital Bold. letters. Yeah. Bold. Uh, I literally want to go back to the movie theatre and watch it again. Um, crying face emoji. The funniest movie... That's someone who hasn't seen Waiting. Number four. Greatest Jackman. <laughs> Have you? Did you get to see this, Nint? Yeah, I've seen it. I saw it a couple of weeks ago. Did you enjoy? <clears throat> yeah. You had fun with, with caveats. It. With caveats? What are those caveats? I'm curious. I think the story's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it with the story. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's a bit cack. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it bears no resemblance to reality, but... That, yeah. that doesn't bother me so much. I understand that it's a painting, not a mirror. Yeah. It's my favourite. Ooh, ooh, good, good yeah. Sorkin quote there. Thank you. You're taking that name plaque to heart, aren't yes, you? Yes, I really am. I've yeah. just become Sorkin this year. I understand that. It's fried tick of, like, that, like, yeah. source element. But... The story, it's just really kind of rote, and it's just, it's mm. by the nuts, it's rags to riches, to rags to kind of riches, and he's, and he's alright. And I just, I needed someone to die, as well. <laughs> I just, I, I needed more stakes, I needed there to be a little bit more kind of, like, I don't want to compare it to Moulin Rouge, because those people are saying, oh, it's this generation's Moulin Rouge, well, yeah. which it's not. Well, you've been a generation since Moulin Rouge, so, Exactly. Yeah. But, um, I think why Moulin Rouge is so effective is because you feel for the two particular characters in there, and you feel like there's real also like, stakes in there. Right? I, I get what you mean. I think for me as well, Moulin Rouge does feel like it takes place in another world entirely. This kind of feels like it is set in the modern world. And really, if we want to be honest about The Greatest Showman, it is an all-singing, all-dancing musical about publicity. It is, definitely. It's about PR. But that, <laughs> well, that, that was another thing as well, like... The, the songs are incredible. Some of the songs are absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. And definitely the best part about it. So that's why you would sell it on... You, you really would, yeah. yeah. On these are the songwriters from, from like, La La Land. Um, but I, I found it weird that they have, like, an opera singer and then she doesn't sing, like, an operetta or a... It's odd, isn't it? It was a bit strange. And I find I found it very kind of, like, style of substance. You but did have fun, though. I had fun. That's, that's fair, you know. We, we were watching it and there was a row of, um, like, teenage girls behind us 
who had clearly seen it four times. <laughs> yeah, there was and, one of these. And they, they were singing along to every song. That's so fair. It obviously has a cultural audience. impact, doesn't and it? And I didn't hate it, and I'll watch it when it's on Netflix at Christmas with, like, my niece. You absolutely like, will, yes. It's one of those, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. But, uh, so, it was all right. Fair play. So, uh, tweet, a tweet on the matter? <laughs> yes. Um, at uh, Weddell's Beard. Okay. Good names. Excellent names. Um, the At Greatest Showman was incredible. One of the best movies I've seen in a long time. How many how many zeros is that? Um a hundred thousand percent going to buy the soundtrack. Actually the soundtrack at Lost Check is um, number one. Is it? Which is it's a pretty rare feat. And it's great that an original musical has been made. That's always good to be honest. Yeah. Number three. The post. Which I didn't hate, I didn't particularly like. I, I think it does feel like it, it's liberal moral pondering. You know, posturing. I mean it Basically, Hanks, Streep, Odenkirk, uh, John Williams, Spielberg, all at the top of their game, because when are they not? Mm. I think the problem is the writing is insanely weak. And any life that, that, you know, any blood, any lifeblood that flows through the veins of this movie comes solely because of the caliber of those names I've just mentioned. Yeah. And I think they were. It just seems quite conceited as well. It does. It all works in spite of that script, which is insanely, insanely just muted and weak. Mm. Uh, Do you got got a tweet on this one? Uh, yeah. Um, at uh, Mark Harris, um, NYC. Okay. Um, says, I'm going to preface this. This isn't necessarily one of those tweets where it's someone who's seen it or. Okay. Yeah. It's relevant. That's it's, fine. It, 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 he's talking about the post. Oh, yeah. Uh, he says, uh, tug at this um, Oscar stats and you will find a fascinating history of gender opportunity and uh, inequality. The post is the first time Meryl Streep has been nominated for being a Best Picture nominee since 1985. That is weird. Because obviously she's been nominated now 21 times. Yep. It's the first time in over 30 years of film she has been nominated for Best Picture. My God. Mad. Number two. You cannot reason with a tiger! When your head is in its mouth! Angry Churchill, the movie. (laughs) It's a really good performance. Yeah. There there are some really good performances in it. I don't know if I really liked it. I'm with you on that, to be honest. Uh, For me, I think Churchill was a better film, but I don't think the performance was as good as Gary Oldman's. Having said that, I still think Gary Oldman's performance is faintly too cartoony for it. I, I, and, you you and might I think, just be being put off by all the heavy prosthetics. I, mean, I think maybe that is a factor. I think yeah. maybe that genuinely is a factor. I think they look great. but don't, I don't think it... Obviously, he's wearing prosthetics, and you can tell because it's Gary Oldman, and he is quite a <laughs> slight man. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think that you look and you say, oh, he's wearing prosthetics. I, I think... Yeah. I think it's got serious legs with, uh, you know, with, with the older crowd. I mean, cause I have noticed that I get asked about this film a lot by older relatives of mine than more than, more than anyone else. Mm. So there's that. I mean, I, and it does seem to play well to those who have seen it, but I just, I, I just can't, ne- I can't ever seem to quite settle with the Gary Oldman force. I mean, he'll clearly win the best actor for it, but yeah. And it might, it might just more of like a lifetime achievement I, kind of a thing, but I'm fine with that because yeah. up until a few years ago, Gary Oldman had never even been nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. True, was it five years ago? What a world. Five, six? Uh, yeah, when Tinker Taylor. Maybe yeah. a few more, actually. I think it was 2012, I think. Yeah. So the nomination would have been 2013. Yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah. Well, so, about I mean, we said our piece. What has Twitter got for us on, on the darkest hour? 
Oh, it's not Twitter Dreadful. likes it. No, it's just Darkest Hour. Darkest Hour, yeah. There's been a lot of that. People have been saying, like, The Phantom Thread. Yeah. Mm. The Darkest Hour is that Russian set. It's a sci-fi movie from about six yes, years ago. Yes, with yeah. uh, um, uh, Emil Hirsch. And- yes! That was yeah. it. Thank you, I couldn't remember. It's not good. Not good, no. <laughs> um, at Rebel Diamonds says, Wow, just a stunning film! Exclamation mark. Yes, without a doubt, the hashtag Darkest Hour... <laughs> different film love different film uh, is, is worth hype hashtag Gary Oldman is perfection and the sporting cast give amazing performances wasn't expecting to get so emotional go see it with two exclamation marks at darkest hour well she she liked it she it's, it's alright you could have a worse time I think so I think so yeah. number one Coco which I adored and did yeah. you, I mean, you've seen it did you cry at the end I didn't, I didn't cry, but I was, I was moved. You were moved. Okay. Yeah. It takes um, a lot for me to be moved. A reception area of Dolby screening rooms uh, after that film were just... <laughs> Niagara oh, Falls, Frankie. Yeah, no, exactly that, in fact. <laughs> I kind of knew you'd say that as well. <laughs> Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel. And uh, I, I really, really dug it. That was such a good movie. So sweet, so touching. I love the music. I love the characters. And I, you know, I'm just a fan of Benjamin Bratt, like, being that yeah. kind of character. Like, such good casting. Yeah. It is great casting, yeah. It is. I, I really loved him in it. There's a guy from uh, Jane Virgin in it who I really like. Oh, yeah? He plays... Um, uh, Miguel's dad. Ah, uh, yes, I think I know, think I know the one. It's, it's a decent show about. Yeah, well, I'll have a look. Yeah. Uh, have you got a tweet on the matter? I do. Um, at uh, RMICB mm-hmm. says, how about that new Coco movie? Um, do you mind if we just skip straight to downsizing, by the way, because we just want to get it out for time reasons. Is that right? Do whatever you want. Okay. Uh, well, I, I bloody well shall, oh, then. <laughs> I God. shall indeed, sir. Put you with knobs on. Um, <laughs> so, downsizing. We'll talk about downsizing. Latest from Alexander Payne. And uh, this stars Matty Damon as uh, a sort of uh, kind of middle... Uh, working, Ma- Matty Debo. Matty Debo. Um, working class uh, occupational therapist who lives in a world in which human beings can be shrunk to, I think it's 0.34% of their actual size in order for them to live uh, life in a world in which their money spreads further. So he and his wife, Kristen Wiig, for instance, have a saved fortune of 150 grand. Once they're shrunk, it equates to $12.5 million. And they go and they live in a special fabricated community for little, you know, tiny shrunken people. Um... And the idea is he gets shrunk down and then discovers that she has wimped out in the five hours it takes to get the procedure done. He's on his own now, and he has to find his own way through this new and wacky world. Here's a clip. Moving to town, are you? How's that? I see you're moving to Leisureland. You look like a nice young couple. Thanks. Where are you from? Uh, Omaha. Spokane. Nervous? Yeah, you know, uh, little. Don't be. It's the best thing you'll ever do. So, Muddy Damon on his way to get shrunk there. I remember when this film got announced that it was... Well, when Mike Damon signed up for it. In fact, when Alexander Payne said he was writing it, I remember being really excited about it. I was, actually, for the, about the first ten minutes of actually watching it, I was quite sad about it. I want to point out, incidentally, Paramount wouldn't let me watch it. I did watch it. Uh, I watched it today at public screen. I, I still like you, Paramount. <laughs> I watched Iron Man 1 and 2 the other day, and I saw your logo. 
Oh, I was uh, really happy to see it. I think they're basically canon films with GCSEs now. But um, anyway, <laughs> so, come on. They couldn't sell a Dwayne Johnson Baywatch movie. How bad are they at their jobs? Anyway, so you watch it and you do think, okay, the first third of this actually is a pretty clever Black Mirror-esque concept. But then you get past that first third, which is basically the point you've seen in the trailer with Kristen Wiig wimping out. And then you get to a film that frankly has no idea whatsoever what it's supposed to be doing, what it's about, what it's aiming for, what it's trying to achieve, or what it has to say. It, if it does achieve any minor level of success, it does so almost entirely inadvertently. And I do mean in the form of like a single gag towards the very end of the film, which might be the greatest meta statement it could have made. Mm. Namely, that you can actually change the world if you can be bothered to. And once you've got that as the message, the film suddenly starts to kind of make sense. This could have been a good film if anyone involved had been bothered to. It doesn't help as well that there is a key performance in this, and I do mean the female lead, which is one of the most racially insensitive things I've seen on the screen in years. And I mean to the extent where every time this character opened their mouth, I felt deeply uncomfortable. Genuinely squirm in my seat uncomfortable. It's Hong Chow. It is. I, I, why is it? Why? What do you say about It's a very uh, out-of-date, parodically delivered sort of a way that this character has been executed. Uh, it, it, it verges. It, what she it, dies? <laughs> not quite. Anyways, that's not even that's not even the, big, the worst part. There's loads of stuff in it that simply isn't funny. That's quite badly thought out. It's not directed with particularly any real imagination, which is strange given the concept that it's doing. Mm. Um, and then you get to the fact that the only person who seems happy to be there is Christoph Waltz. And even the fun, even the fun side of his character gets sucked away after a moment's notice. It's, it's not a very good time. I came away from thinking, good lord, who actually read the entirety of that script and thought, yes, this is a film we can, we could, we should make? The answer obviously is Paramount. And, uh, yeah. Go figure. To their credit, the idea of it. The idea on paper is, and also when when he says written, by Alexander Payne, you just think <laughs> yeah. gold. My thing was, I did come away from it thinking I'll he's, be really he's not honest. Done a film I don't like. And really, yeah, okay, fair enough. I think this might be the one. I genuinely think well, that's this what I'm could saying. Up until now, yeah, I think this could be the one. And I would say that this is like maybe be, yeah, I would say this is the only film so far that like critics haven't really enjoyed either. I will say this: if I were Paramount, I wouldn't have shown me this either. With the latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. And we're back. So, Mr. Allen, uh, do you want to give me a piece of film news before we get to the last review? The very, very last review. I do. Um, have you ever seen the um, 80s film version of Clue? Yes, I have. In yeah. fact, our mutual friend John Dickinson is obsessed with that movie. He seems to really like it. I, yeah. I like it a great deal. Yeah, I've not I seen it since it. I was a kid. Oh, you should watch it again, because I think as an adult, it just takes on so many Yeah, I think friends. I will, yeah. There's lots of, like, alternate endings, and uh, yeah, they're really clever and really <laughs> funny. I shall give that a look. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's been reported that they are going to be making another Clue. <laughs> clue 2? I hope it's called Clue 2. <laughs> uh, and that uh, Ryan Reynolds is involved to star in it, and he's going to be a producer. Oh, excellent. Do well. you think he is Professor Mustard? Colonel Mustard. Colonel Mustard. Professor Plum. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. 
I think it'd be Ace if he was a butler, actually. That would be quite funny. Yeah, that would be, yeah. be quite a turn on it. I would be. I'd yeah. be interested. I think you can give him some, cast. something new to do. You could get a pretty good cast for one of those movies now. Oh, man. Tim Tim Curry is, oh, is incredible. Tim Curry as the butler would be good. Well, he, he was the butler in the original. Of course he was. Yeah. Get him back. Man. Sorry, be, man. If he's the same butler, and that's like the connection. <laughs> it thread. just happens again. That'd be amazing. <laughs> but apparently this is going to be more like an action comedy. I don't, oh. I don't know how he'll do that, but... Um, we shall see, I guess. We'll see. Uh, so, in, let's move on then to uh, final review of mm. the week. Uh, so, The Maze Runner, The Death Cure. Right. Which is the third and final one of the Maze Runner series, uh, which began, was it 2012 or 2013? Began with... Uh, 2013 or maybe even 2014. In fact, it was around the same time as Gone Girl. So, that will have been 2014, won't it? Mm. It I was. It on the same day that I saw... Uh, Turtles. Right, 2014 then. Yeah, yeah and also uh, 71. That was a weird That film. was a weird, weird, weird film, film day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea now is uh, the kids are loose. I, 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 first of all, I don't remember. Just disclaimer, I don't remember an awful no. lot about any of these movies. I quite so, like the first one. That's the one I, I've seen. I well. remember thinking it was all right. Yeah. And then the second one's a bit ropey. So I'm just going to give you the plot as I understand it. The Scorch Trials. I think so, yeah. yeah. So the plot, as far as I can understand it from having seen the third one, is... The kids who were in the maze were all guinea pigs for a medical experiment because they had an immunity to a virus that was uh, turning the human race into zombies. And all human society is confined within sort of Resident Evil-style, Land of the Dead-esque bunker zones. They're now on the run. One of their number has been captured by the government for further uh, experimentation. And so they have to go on a mission to the last city, which is like a walled city, uh, to rescue him. And... That's pretty much all I got. Here's a clip. That's it. That's a win. You were right, sir. The drone sweep picked him up outside the walls. Get the guns online. I thought this was, for the most part, complete gubbins. Uh, <laughs> I think... I mean, I'd imagine if you're about the... Well, that's the thing. If you're of the right age to be a fan of this, you'd have aged out of it by now. Because it's been four I years. Guess, yeah. yeah. It's been four years, and the books are like a decade old, surely. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess if, yeah. You are, if you were 13 when the first one came out, yeah, you'd, you'd see it, you're be like, about 20 by now, wouldn't you? You, 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 well, you'd be like 17, 18. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you'd possibly have, you'd, thinking, you'd be oh, it's too a bit, old. Yeah. yeah. You know, you'd have a girlfriend by now. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, this is the whole thing. It's it, it's so underwhelming. It's very sci-fi channel season finale. Mm. It And it has about that sensibility to it. it it's really, really poorly written. And, I, and that's possible that, that that stems all the way back to the, the source material. I've not read it. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, it's bafflingly illogical. We, we're talking about a film that has no idea how basic virology, technology, science, any of that stuff actually works. Um, no idea how a narrative is supposed to function, because the ending of this film can best be described as the credits begin to roll. Well, it did have quite a troublesome production history. I know it paused because he injured himself. He, yeah, he, he was injured, and... Um uh, I, I assume we had to do stuff with the scripts. Well, I'm only like, assuming that, I'm only right. assuming that he probably finished reading the script at that point and just started banging his head against a brick wall because that's pretty much what I would do. Um, 
Dylan O'Brien, incidentally, who did injure himself, uh, absolute <laughs> void of human charisma. Uh, Thomas Sangster, I think his name is, from Little Boy from Love Actually, who I'm sure is about 45 by now. <laughs> yeah. Um, is in there and yeah. his best. Uh, is- Kaya uh, Scordario. Yeah, or- Kaya Scordario. Scordario. Yeah, Scordario, who these are best described as. You know, humans with beating pulses. However, the adult supporting cast is great. No, no, no. They're great actors. They're not great. That's idiots. what I'm saying. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I can't comment on it because I've not seen it. Because Aiden Gillen, wow. Oh, Littlefinger. Oh, Very yeah. Much. I tell you, that dude is slumming it here. Patricia Clarkson might as well not be in it. Jim uh, Carlo Esposito, Barry Pepper. Yep. Walton, oh, no. Walton Goggins. Yeah, okay. Well, Walton Goggins, first of all, can't save this. And it's a sad day when Walton Goggins can't, can't save, save something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to say he's also got Jim Carlo Esposito in there is, is just traumatizing. It is complete bilge of the highest caliber. Uh, the rustling that you're about to hear is me uh, it uh, is... eating a custard cream. You, 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 yeah. you whack away, sir. You're fun. Um, <laughs> I beg your pardon, sir. <laughs> but I, I just thought it was, I just thought it was dreadful. I mean, and I say that as someone who quite enjoyed the first one. I didn't particularly care for the second. It seems to me that it went from sort of Twilight Zone to Resident Evil to Here's Divergent and Resident Evil. Mm. And ain't nobody got no time for that. And no, I'm sorry. This was a really poor finale, really poorly executed, really poorly performed, poorly conceived. It was just poor all round. I did not enjoy a minute poor, of poor, it. Poor, 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 poor. Terrible. I watched um, uh, Ultraviolet yesterday. Oh, good God, on purpose. Yeah. You wow. Mean, you watched the film that I proclaim to be the worst film I've ever seen on purpose. It hurt my eyes. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Why was it? Why was it like that? I don't know. I paid to see that. What happened to her nose for like half of it? She doesn't, doesn't know, have a nose. Not a clue. Yeah. No idea. And they, anyway. never, and they never did give me that eight quid back. <laughs> I did, I asked. Damn UGC, or whoever it, it was, was at the time. It was, it was Cineworld before they were owned by UGC. Oh. So, or before they bought UGC or whatever. Yeah. Um, I actually did go to the box office straight afterwards and ask, politely ask for a refund. Went, Could you call up Mila Djokovic for me and get me my money back? <laughs> I do that periodically. It's like the time I asked at the box office after Jurassic Park 3 if I could have my money back because they forgot to show an ending. <laughs> and then well. he turned around and there was a Velociraptor and he was like, Alan, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the crux of all of this, of course, is that The Maze Runner is not our film of the week because God, God help us, how could it be? It's the Raptor from Jurassic Park 3. It is indeed the Raptor <laughs> from Jurassic Park He's our film of the week. Um, of everything this week, I think I would probably go for Last Flag Flying, to be honest. That's, cool, that's I'd go for that as well, week. by default, because the only film seen but I liked it a lot I liked 12 Strong as well but I don't think that's for everyone uh, but yeah Last Flag Flying I think was I think was genuinely terrific uh, so yeah yeah what have we got next week next week oh fun to come we've got the the slash not the Phantom Thread uh, we've got the documentary uh, Macala. we've got uh, Lies We Tell with Gabriel Byrne we've got Denzel in Roman J Israel we've Esquire. got uh, Esquire is it Esquire as well Esquire ESQ yeah. okay. uh, we've also got uh, Paddy Considine in Journey's End and uh, Helen Mirren in Winchester and last but certainly by no means least Jerry Butler is back for Den of Thieves I am genuinely excited about it do you know the actual uh, multimedia screening Mm. the tickets are lanyards like that's amazing. Like the actual undercover yeah. badge lanyard things. Yeah, quite cool. Uh, yeah, so we've got. Can, can you bring me one back? Uh, well, it was tonight, and I've I've not gone, obviously. So oh. yeah, I don't know. But uh, yes, yeah, so we've got all those to come and more next week off screen. In the meanwhile, this has been a candy store butcher on screen. I've been Van Connor, and I've been twelve strong, and we'll be back. Just show me.
me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Best actress. Mm-hmm. We have Tyler Perry. Yep. In Butu. But, is that Butu? Is it like a Maria, Maria Halloween? Or? Maria Halloween. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Um, we have uh, Tyler Perry again. Okay. In, oh, look, I'm wearing a dress. All right. Is it Jack Black in there as well for, for Jumanji? What, in, in, in the dress? You no, know, no, I mean for yeah. the best actress. Oh, yes, no, yeah. he, he's, he's also been nominated for that. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. Which yeah. everyone thinks is quite a controversial turn, but... I don't think so. I I'm think there. he absolutely delivers. I'm with it. Yeah, it was, it was a very nuanced performance. I think he absolutely delivered. Yeah. Um, everyone on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, even though it's not a film, is but, just fierce. But they, they are, yeah, they are awards calibre. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Oh, and uh, Melania Trump, I believe, is in there for Best Actress as well. For but, but she's in disguise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, she's disguised as uh, a politician's wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because he's disguised as a politician. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Slash giant what's it. Yeah, there we go. So yeah. there's our, our obligatory Trump reference. <laughs> so, and we're done. And we're wrapped. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, interesting. Stormy Daniels has also been nominated as well. <laughs> Best performance, faking an orgasm with Donald Trump. <laughs> Seriously, that's got to be the hardest acting job in the world, yeah. surely. Is that, yeah. is, that, is that a given name? Uh, her Christian name, Stormy, do you reckon? Uh, I think, yeah, I think yeah. I think she's named after her grandmother. She's from uh, uh, the Connecticut the Connecticut. Connecticut yeah. Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Connecticut. I love, I love that joke. He's always Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> Because Connecticut is just one of those places where you feel like they would have lineage names. Yes. But, or the New Hampshire. The new, new, uh, yeah, yeah. You it needs to be somewhere like that, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do the actual ones? Yes, do the actual ones. So, um, Best Actor nominees. Uh-huh. Let me just find it, because I've lost it. Oh, I've just been using the Academy Twitter feed, if I'm honest. <laughs> cool. All right, I've got it. Um, so, uh, Timothy Chalamet. Oh, yeah. Or uh, Tim- Timothy Chalamet, if you don't know how to pronounce it. Fair dues, fair dues. Yeah. Uh, call me by your name. Mm-hmm. It's very good. It's very good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Good uh, crying directly into the camera. <laughs> good uh, Good sexual contact with uh, with fruit. Yeah. 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 He's, he's nominated for that as well. Oh, okay. yeah. is he best nominated for best fruit boning? Best fruit boning, yeah. <laughs> best best boning of a stone fruit. What was the fruit? Was it peach? It was peach, peach, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he can bone a peach for hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Nickel Cage Cage School. In the in the book, apparently, it's more graphic as well. Oh yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, God, I don't want to imagine that. Well, what what the other character does? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, God, oh, God! I just <laughs> realised now. I don't know what Army Hammer doing there. Daniel Day Lewis, Phantom Fred. Okay, he doesn't do anything for Peach as far as I'm. No, aware. I think he just shows up and bees awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. Bees awesome. Bees awesome. <laughs> I think he shows up and is awesome. There we are. Yeah, just is Daniel Day Lewis. Exactly. Yeah, because he's amazing. <laughs> uh, Daniel Kalua. Ah, yes. This is this From is the one, I'm, the one I'm so happy about. Yep. Mm. Oh man, I think we all know that Gary Oldman's going to win. I'll be yeah, yeah. Talk. I'll, I will go out and buy a hat to eat that hat. Because I don't really... I mean, I've got hats, but not hats I wear. I'll go out and buy a hat, but I'll be like, <laughs> come back, eat it, if he loses. Nacho hat. Just buy a nacho hat, that works. <laughs> it kind of solves the problem for you. That's cheating, isn't it? That's the, that's the, that's the coward's way out, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Gary Oldman mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, for Darkest Hour. And uh, Denzel. 
Because when you call Denzel, who's got time for your surname? No, exactly. True that. You, you True know that. it is. True debt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, yeah, I think Gary Oldman. I think kind of walking away with that yeah. one. I mean, I would love Daniel Kaluuya to win. But, I mean, I think just being nominated is impressive enough on its own merits. Uh, the three I've seen... Mm. I don't know, actually. Like, performance-wise. Because Daniel Kaluuya's performance is great. It is very good. But that's not, that's not what sells the film for me. No. But... Gary Oldman's performance on Darkest Hour is what sells Darkest Hour for me. I think what's impressive about Kaluuya in Get Out is that it's a very measured performance, mm. and I think it's uh, it's the kind of acting that doesn't generally get awards recognition. No. It's, uh, the, the, the big swing of that character is when that film goes into its third act, rather than go big with his emotion, he goes very insular and very yeah. cold and calculating. And I think that's part of the reason that Get Out is as good as it is, because yeah. that plot movement and that way, the way that that performance mm. moves is... The bits where he's in the sunken place and he looks terrified. That's the most scared I think I've ever seen an actor look. Oh, yeah. When he's trying in the chair and he's doing... And that, yeah. He's and he's straight on like, and he's just got the tears and yeah. Wow. It's pretty moment. amazing. It's a good moment. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go for Gary Oldman. Totally. I'm Gary just Oldman. saying the ones I'm going to win. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, but, but I think you're going to win. <laughs> okay. You just got a bigger track record. Uh, best actress, um, Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water. She, do you know, she's always a bridesmaid, never a bride, Sally Hawkins, isn't she? Always gets nominated and then never quite. Well, uh, this is only the second time she's been nominated. And it's only the second. I, th- I think she's like one of those actresses that, like, it's great for her to just be recognised. I thought she'd been nominated a bunch of times. No, she'd been nominated for Blue Jasmine. And this, I believe. I think she won a Golden Globe for Happy Go Lucky. That might be what I'm thinking. That might be yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't think she was nominated for an Oscar for that. I think it was just I did Blue, think it Blue was Jasmine. Happy Go Lucky that she'd, she'd gotten something for. Yeah. Uh, Frances McDormand for Free Billboards. She's my pick to win. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think she's a lot, it, a lot. A lot of people seem to see it as a Sally Hawkins versus Frances McDormand race, mm. but Frances McDormand has won like SAG Award. And... Well, neither you nor I have yet seen uh, The Shape of Water, so. No. And obviously, she doesn't speak in it. Sally Hawkins. Oh, that's a shame. Well, she's 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 a mute. Well, yeah, she's she's, she's deaf. She, yeah, I was going to say. I, yeah, I know she's a mute. I was going to say is the explanation of that because she's deaf. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Margot Robbie for I Tonya. It's a really good performance. It is a great performance, yeah. isn't it? It's and, it's, so good. and again, it's now great that Margot we could say Academy Award nominee Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah, there's that. It's pretty great. You no, know, we can we can actually say yeah, she has something great to her name other than that time she yeah. got a kit off in the Wolf of Wall Street. So, <laughs> Do you want to feel uh, like an underachiever? I usually feel like an underachiever. Go on. Make her feel like an underachiever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sir Ronan is 23. This is her third nomination. My God. It's mad. Do you know what I worked out, actually? Because Meryl's got a nomination, hasn't she? Uh, this is a 21st. Yeah, this is a 21st. Right. I actually went and checked. Meryl Streep has 78 uh, acting credits to her her name. Right, this includes projects that have yet to be released. Right. Which means Meryl Streep has been award, uh, has been Oscar nominated for more than a quarter of her body of work. That's amazing. That is astonishing. Mm. More than a quarter. Wow. But, uh, I, I think some nominations are not as deserved as others. No, 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 no uh, one deserved to be not even nominated for, uh, for Iron Lady, for, but. Oh, the fact that she won, just terrifying, isn't it? I thought that film was horrendous. I thought it I was not only a bad film, but quite a disrespectful and offensive one as well. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. But she's nominated this year. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Do you know what? I watched a Mall Street film the other day, but I've not seen. 
What was that? Uh, Julia and... Oh, Julia and Julia. Julia and Julia, yeah. Well, we, I, I we watched, watched it. We watched it that. It becomes her over Christmas, didn't we? Our film is great. <laughs> Our film is great. And then yeah. we watched that over Christmas, you and I and everyone around my place that day. And mm. then, uh, as Dunlop would have it, on Sunday afternoon, it was on, like, Channel 5, wasn't it? Really? In the, in the middle of the afternoon. I was like, mad. Well, the odds of seeing this twice in such a short, short amount of time. But, like, buses aren't the Robert Zemeckis films. <laughs> indeed, so, yeah, indeed. Um, best supporting actor, um, Willem Dafoe, not Willem Dafriend. Yep. In Florida Project. Which I still need to Just for not being a murderer. That's what it is. Just for being a good guy. Yeah. Just just for the fact that Will Defoe runs a motel and doesn't murder people. That's yeah. that's that's Oscar worthy. This is the third time he's been nominated. Ooh. Nominated for Platoon. Of course. So it's going back a while, hasn't it? I think it's thirty years old. I think it is this year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I think it's yeah. great film. Oh, it's classic. And what is that vampire one? Shadow of a Vampire. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That was, that was an interesting one, yeah. yeah. Uh, Woody Hamilton. For Three Billboards. Yep. Uh, uh, also a third nomination. I was going to say about this one, because, so, Sam Rockwell is also nominated for Best Sporting Actor for Three Billboards, right? Yes, first nomination. Has, how many times has that happened, where two actors from the same movie are, are uh, nominated in the same category? Um, I think more often than you think. I don't think it's happened for a couple of years. Mm. The last time I can remember it happening was when Jessica Chastain and um, Octavia Spencer were nominated for Supporting Actress. For, for the like, help. help. Yeah, 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 right. And that's the last time in like recent years. But I think it has happened a few times before. Oh, I was wondering. I was just wondering that the other day. It's just not something that immediately leapt to mind. I couldn't figure that one out. Yeah. So... Who else have we got? Uh, Richard uh, Jenkins. Oh, Shape of Water? Yeah. Because uh, he's, he's he a narrator or something in that, I think. Uh, I don't know I if he narrates it as well. He's um, he, he is an actual character in it. Yeah, I know he's in it, but he seems to narrate it as well, I think. I think he's uh, Sally Hawkins' boss or father? Or? No, they, they live in the same building. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. And um, Christopher Plummer. Oh, what's he done the note? <clears throat> He, he he got a job like ten or eleven weeks ago. Yes, and he's now nominated for an Oscar for it, which oh, is pretty great. God, yeah, but they—that was the thing. He was getting awards recognition for that before anyone had seen it. Yeah, nobody had seen that film when he was starting to get Golden Globe nominations and like that. Definitely, and I think if you're going to reward that work, reward like the casting director, which can't because it's not a casting. Yeah, I know, Oscar, or you reward Ridley Scott for it. You do kind of feel like they should, by the way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, fair play. You want to play but, it that way? But I do think that Christopher Bummer getting in there has edged out Army Hammer. I've not seen Old Money World, but I think if you nominate Timothy Chalamet, I think you nominate Army Hammer because I don't think mm, one doesn't particularly work without <laughs> the, the other, other, does it? Yeah, yeah. it's like two halves of a of a, of a peach. How pissed man. off are you this yet yeah. another year that Michael Stolberg hasn't gone? <laughs> Very annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> Because like through the like through three uh, billboards, you could have had Michael Stuhlberg and Army Hammer. Well, yeah, true. But I, I, I generally think it's the Christopher Plummer thing, and I think I that's think so. it's the whole politics of it, isn't it? Like, I do. When something of... happens outside of like the campaign, true. it affects other people's chances. And yeah. I feel like I feel like Sam Rockwell could get it. I just I feel like it could happen. <clears throat> um, I think it's between Sam Rockwell and uh, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I mean, I'd go with that, to be honest. Yeah. Which, again, that seems to be a popular opinion mm. as well. So what category is Supporting Actress? Uh, supporting Actress, uh, Mary J. Blige for Mudbound. It's a good performance. Really good it's performance. Very good performance. Yeah. I was surprised with how much I enjoyed Mudbound. Yeah, actually, I'm, yeah, uh, I really I'm liked surprised. It. Actually, I wouldn't have thought you'd like it as much as you did. I thought, Why is that? I don't know. I just feel like uh, it was one of those films you'd, you'd be, uh, you'd be like, eh, a bit dull. I don't know. I thought it was really well told. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. Um... 
Alison Janney for I, Tonya. Oh, really? Yeah. So we don't want her to win at all? No, not at all. Don't, don't want anyone ever involved in West Wing to right. we've, uh, we've, we've We've not reviewed uh, I, Tonya, obviously, and no. it's not out until the end of next month in the UK. But we've both seen it. Uh, we've both seen it, and uh, we're not embargoed on it, so we can actually talk about it. Let's just call it what it is. Alison Janney is absolutely the best thing about I, Tonya. Like, hands down, oh, yeah. far and away, the undisputed MVP. I think Margot Robbie's amazing as well, but she is... Margot yeah. Robbie is, you know, amazing in it, but, yeah. like, Alison Janey, whole new level. I think... Awesome. If you're going to say that this is Goodfellas on ice, then she's Joe Pesci. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll go with that. Uh, uh, Leslie Manville for Phantom Fred. Interesting thing about Leslie Manville that I saw uh, online. This um, is Gary Oldman, isn't it? Yeah. Go on. Uh, Alfie Oldman's parents have both been nominated for an Oscar the same year. Yeah. How weird is that? Yeah. Huh. Very strange. Who knew? Uh, Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird. Who, you, you tell me she's very good at She's there. amazing. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think it's either Alison Jenny or Laurie Metcalf. And then um, Octavia Spencer for Shape of Water. Oh, I mean, I've not seen uh, Lady Bird or Shape of Water yet. Uh, I do hope. I mean, based on the three that I... Uh, sorry, the two I've seen of that, I do kind of hope it's Alison Janney. I mean, I really love yeah. that performance. But Again, she's an actress that I never thought would be nominated for an Oscar. So well... For her to win. Amazing. We live Same, same for someone like Laurie Metcalf times. as well. Okay, let's breeze through original song then. Oh, you're doing song, right? Oh, do you want to do a song real quick? Uh, yeah, let me just find because we are on different pages. Oh, we're so on different pages. You, I'm sorry, you, sorry. It's not, you kick it you, off. You, I've got them all in front of me. I can find them easy enough. So you go with what you want to do, and yeah, I've already started to scroll down now. I'm all right. lost someone up again. All right, all right, fussy bugger. <laughs> 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 uh, okay, so original song. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll do. So I'll try to run through these, and you can yeah do give it. Me, give me your analysis. Yeah. Okay, so Mighty River from Mudbound. Is not it's really good. Yeah, good. Marriage of Large and Common. It is. Uh, Mystery of Love from Calling by Your Name. Great song. Uh, Remember Me from Coco. That song does stick with you. And it's one of the main parts of the film. It is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stand Up for Something from Marshall, which is. I've not seen Marshall. But I should. That's the thing. I I did. I one of those when I see it written down. I'm like, oh yeah, I've forgotten about that song. That was quite mm. good. But who, it was kind of like the song. It by? It's by uh, Diane uh, Dion Warren. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, of course it... Do you know how many times bloody Diane Warren's been nominated Diane for an Warren, Oscar? Yeah, I know. And finally, my personal pick, which is uh, This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. That's going to win. I think it'll win. I think it's got to win. It's definitely going to win. It's going to be the gay anthem for the next two decades, so it might as well win. Yeah. But, you know, there's that. Um, best score I've got. I don't know if you've Yeah, yeah, hang on, I'll find score. Cool. Um, score, um, uh, Hans Zimmer for Dunkirk. It's a good score. It's a damn good score. It's better than Interstellar. Uh, well, let's be a nails on a chalkboard is better than just stuff. Yeah, you sound like you just fell asleep on an organ. John Greenwood for Phantom Fred, which means that someone in Radiohead has been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? That's great. Mm. Big fan of that. Um, uh, Alexander Desplat for Shape of Water. He usually delivers good results, Desplat. Yeah, I think he's only won once before. I know, strange. Yeah, I think he won for Grand Budapest. Yeah. I might have to double check that. Um, it was good though, Grand Budapest. That was a good he, score. He's definitely not much for it. I don't know if he won. Oh, okay. Potent, potentially. Uh, John Williams for, you know, Star Wars. The Last Jedi. <sighs> it's a good, good score though, Last Jedi. Yeah. And, uh, Carter Burwell for Free Billboards, That's who's it. done a bunch of Coin Brothers stuff and, uh, Mm. Yeah, it's kind of what I expected. Um, there's part of me that wanted John Bryan to be nominated for Lady Bird, but also it, it didn't happen, so I just have to move on with my life and just be happy about it. Who's your pick? Out of that, um, uh, Despoir. Okay, fair, fair. 
Okay, so where are we going next? You tell me. Uh, shall we round it out with the the writing ones? Yeah. Or shall, or shall, let's do animated and writing, and then then call it a day. Yeah. But uh, so, which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's do one of the writing ones. Okay. Do 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 original. Do original. Okay. So re- original screenplays, nominees: best at sorry, best the big sick. Uh, Emily Gordon, Camille Nanjiani, which is, it was their great. it was their actual story. Yeah. That was the part I loved. Uh, John Peel and Get Out. We've got Greta Gerwig with Lady Bird. The Shape, Shape of Water, which is Guillermo del Toro and, and Vanessa Taylor. And Three Billboards outside of Missouri, which is Martin McDonough. Yeah. That so, is insanely strong. <laughs> that is, I mean, how do you pick one of those? Yeah. I mean, I haven't even seen Lady Bird or Shape of Water. I'm like, the other three are so strong that's just, wow. I mean, I wouldn't want to be up against Three Billboards or Get Out or The Big Sick. That's just, so, I mean, that's how I know Lady Bird and Shape of Water must really be something. Mm. But. Um, <sighs> best Adapted. Go on. Uh, Call Me By Your Name. Yep. Uh, James Ivory. Uh, the Disaster Artist. It's yeah. own nomination for Disaster Artist, but I'm happy that anything it's to got, do with that film yeah. has been nominated. It got a nomination. It's fine. At least we yeah. get Tommy Wiseau at the Oscars. That's all we need. I, ju- I just need a picture of him at the Oscars. I know. I just want <laughs> to Tommy happy. Wiseau to be at the Oscars. That's all I need in my life. Yeah. Um, and I can also say that I've met someone that has inspired a um, Oscar-nominated screenplay. Because I've, I've met Greg's. You did, didn't you? Yeah. I remember that. Was, no. that, was that a screening or something years ago? Yeah, it was like a Q&A thing. He came, he came to Sheffield recently in oh. December, but I saw him a couple of years ago, the last time he came to Sheffield. Was it the uh, thing at the university? Yes. Oh, man, I forget the name of it. It was when the book had just yeah. come out. Mm. And he was, um, yeah, he was just taking it around everywhere, doing Q&As. And, yeah, right. Yeah. It was, it was really great. He did this bit, actually, where he was getting people to come up, and he had the actual scripts of, <laughs> of the room, and he was getting people to, like, be Tommy, and he was... I got the results. I definitely have <laughs> breast cancer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm dying. <laughs> uh, oh, that anything for my princess. So, all right. uh, <laughs> adapted screenplay nominees include Logan, yeah. amazingly. Which I don't think is an adapted screenplay, but... Okay, if we're playing by the letter of the law, then I suppose. But yeah, kind of is, but... Kind of is and kind of isn't. But just be happy that, like... A superhero yeah. movie got an adapted screenplay nomination. Yeah. Okay, that's well, fine. got a nomination in some of it's not visual effects. Yes, there's that. Yeah. Guardians 2 got nominated for visual effects, which I thought was... It is weird. Is that just because it's in space? I feel like that always happens yeah. with the Oscars. It's just I like, feel oh, that like Thor had better visual, visual mm. effects that... It were more worthy of nomination because you could have seen the sizzle reel, including the Valkyrie sequence, and that would have really popped. Yeah, but yeah, to each their own. It's all right. Uh, Molly's game. <sighs> Aaron Sorkin. Sorkin. I mean, he's already got one, so yeah. But it's just nice to see him back She's on nice there. It yeah. is a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. I really, really liked it. And uh, Mudbound. Mudbound has got quite a few, which is yeah, yes. I'm really happy about it. But they're happy over at Netflix. Yeah, they are. They really are. <laughs> Finally making some. Uh, What's that? Some we we, we lost thirty nine million. Who cares? Who cares? We have Oscar noms, man. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get that 39 million back. We'll get it back in 20 minutes, but. Yeah. Yeah. So, best animated feature, because this one, this, this, this elicited some ire, we shall say. Uh, so. Yeah. Best animated feature. The Boss Baby. <laughs> I mean, what, what crack were they smoking? I don't hate it. In fact, I remember. No, no, no. I, I, like I, I remember. It. Yeah, I remember enjoying it fine. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I liked the Boss Baby more than a lot of critics, and, and you enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my thing is, what? That's not an Oscar film. Yeah. No. 
It is not better than the Lego Batman movie. No, no, it's not at all. No. Uh, what else have we got? The Breadwinner. I'm not even sure what that is. Breadwinner. I think it's it's a foreign film. I'm not sure it's about. Oh, is that that token one that's in every year? Yes, you know the one. Yeah, yeah, that token foreign animated every film that gets dubbed every yeah. year, like clockwork. Oh, and we usually get it in like a press show somewhere around August. Yeah, yeah. Way after it, usually August, September, we get the press show, yeah. and you're like, oh, this is that one that got nominated and didn't win. Oh, I remember oh, that's it now. The yeah. Red Turtle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that's yeah. it. Oh, oh, that's Song of the Sea. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And- to be fair, they're usually great. They're usually fine, yeah. yeah. But you just you never hear about the Secret them. of Kells and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what else have we got? Oh Coco, obviously. Which yeah. is kind of the obvious which winner. Which is yeah. Obvious it's winner. It's got to. That's not a chance that's good. Because not just for like for name recognition and stuff. Because it's a damn good film. It's just great. Yeah. Yeah. What else have we got? Ferdinand. Yeah. Uh okay. Does this mean John Cena can walk around saying he's been nominated it, for an Oscar? Well, he's an Oscar nominated film. Yeah. Kobe Bryant can. Kobe Bryant, how, how's, yeah. is he in Ferdinand? No, but there is a, a basketball documentary, like a short-form documentary that's oh, been nominated. Oh, yeah, he's one of those. And, and I think he's down as a producer. So I think he's actually an Oscar nominee, oh, God. which is amazing. And, and this one I was quite impressed to see, uh, Loving Vincent, mm. which is a m- remarkable technical achievement. Um, I don't know about calling it an animated film, though. I mean, it is, did like, a Scanner Darkly, yeah. did a Scanner Darkly count as an animated film? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Because I would argue they are the same thing. I would absolutely argue mm. Loving Vincent and The Scanner Darkly are equal in terms of are they an animated film. He's one of the most eclectic directors I think that's ever lived. Who's that? Richard Lillard. Richard Lillard. He absolutely yeah. is. <laughs> give him that. <laughs> but uh, you know what? He he did give us uh, Brian Cranston pretending to be God over a, over a Motorola flip phone. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. fair play to him. <laughs> this is God. And, uh, and our boy, is it Glenn, Glenn Powell? Glenn Powell for, you know, everybody wants some. So he did give mm. us that. So let's, let's just, let's oh, just thank him. He's amazing in that. We'll just thank him and call it a day. Yeah. But, so yeah, I mean, it's an interesting crop this year. Glenn Powell is who I want to be um, uh, Adam Warlock in Guardians. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. I think you'd need something like a 70s kind of haircut. He needs a Tom Petty haircut. Get him that. Give him a Tom Petty haircut. He can that. Yeah. yeah. He could absolutely do that. Lock him in a gym for a month. Great. I don't think that dude needs a lot of time. In the I just gym. feel like you need someone to be particularly buff. Yes, I think so. Yeah. but uh, So, um, is that it for us? Should we call it a week? Let's call it. Let's call it. Here it is. Your moment of cage. You were once supposed to play Superman. Did you see Justice League? I did. What'd you think? I thought it was fun. Yeah. I thought it was fun. That's all I'm going to say. 